Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everyone? This is your least favorite Bears analyst, Jacob Infante, here. Uh, Just got off work, off the full-time gig, so now here I am going on a walk with all you lovely people, and I figure, you know, let's bring everyone in. So if you guys got some Bears questions, any NFL questions, anything in general, feel free to request to speak here in the Twitter spaces, and for those uh, who are listening later, you can... Check out this whole thing on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast Network. So keep that in mind. But any questions, Bears related, any, related to anything, really, I'll answer anything. But if you got anything, feel free to shoot it my way. Uh, my day was tremendous today. Was it really? No, but that's all right. Uh, so training camp is in full swing. And the pads came on today, so it's a nice little development for the offensive and defensive linemen especially because now we actually get to see what they can do in a more physical and competitive environment. So it's an interesting time of year. Uh, Kenny Holmes coming in to speak. And I should clarify for those listening live that I have not – been, I've not been able to go to the camp practices live, so just to clarify, but uh, yeah, Kenny, what's up? Hey, Jacob, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. How you doing? Good, how are you? Not too bad. What's on your mind? Good. Well, first off, say I want to really uh, appreciate your content. You know, you always uh, keep me up to date, and you put a little spice on it sometimes, so I uh, I appreciate Thank that. You. But uh, my my question is, if you'd been hearing anything in regards to um, the third QB, do we know as do we know if they like you know it, you've got Bajent on roster and then you've got Peterman who they may or may not like just for sake of um, having the same guy on roster. Do you know you know if there's a battle there if they're looking to stash him away like? What do you think? So I'll say from my perspective, as someone, you know, I watched Tyson Bajan at Shepard and having watched as much of his tape as I possibly could have for a small school quarterback, uh, I I came away really impressed. He was someone I considered to be a draftable talent. So to get him as an undrafted free agent, I thought was really good value. So with that said, though, uh, NFL teams – really like to 
hate veterans around at QB. So I think that I might be a little bit more high on Bajan as QB three than the Bears might be or some other teams might be in this situation. We know what Peterman is. He's not good, but <laughs> he, I mean, you know, not to pull any punches, but he uh, he's been in the league before. You know what you have in him, but he has some of that veteran stability, which from an outsider's perspective, I think is overrated. I think you, you play the hot hand, you go with the upside, go with the younger option. But if they want maybe just another name, another guy to have in the quarterback room, then keeping Peterman on, I guess, I can be talked into. I just think Bajan's too good of a talent to uh, get cut or be on the practice squad because I think someone would sweep him up. And you think that there's no way that they take or that they carry four on roster, right? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, I know there's a rule where that makes it a little bit easier to carry multiple, like three quarterbacks. And I, off the top of my head, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I know that there's uh, additions to the NFLPA, just the structure of rosters where it becomes a lot more team-friendly to carry multiple quarterbacks and have an emergency guy on contact. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll keep four on. They might keep four in the organization where they do three who are on the active roster and one on the practice squad. And then the third string maybe isn't active for game days, uh, but just to have on the team to be safe. But I, I, me personally – I really like Bajan. I think his arm is impressive. I think he's a good athlete. I think he's got good improbability. I think that, I mean, obviously to a lesser extent than Fields or P.J. Walker, but I think he'd be a better fit for what the Bears have on offense right now than uh, Peterman would be. So me selfishly, I want them to give Bajan a shot, but historically a lot of teams tend to go for the limited upside, but someone who's been a veteran, someone who's been in the league for a long time. Yeah, I really liked what I saw from him in the limited film I could get uh, from their games. So I hope to see him around for a a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, You got any other questions for me? That's all I got, man. Thank you. Good stuff. Appreciate you coming in, Kenny. All righty, I'm going to bring in – Justin Fields, Stan, who's appeared in a handful of these now. So uh, I'm going to bring you in. And for those listening on live on uh, Twitter spaces, feel free to request to speak. I'll let you in, ask whatever. But Justin Fields, Stan, has the floor right now. Yo, what's good? What's good? How you hey, doing? Man, I, not too bad, dude. How you doing? How's the walks been going? It's been good. Uh starting to notice a little bit of progress, which is nice. Uh, but, you know, j- just got just got to keep working at it. Just got to keep going. So, I appreciate it. I, I saw yeah. you rising up some girls, bro, last last season. I saw that, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm getting back on that. I'm getting back on that. The Riz you know? Lord? Oh, You're the Riz God? Of course. I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll stick by that. I'm the Riz God of Bears Twitter. Like, you know, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I, I don't. Yeah. I respect that. I respect that. Thank you. Thank you. So what's up? I now a player I'm kind of worried about is uh, Nate Davis. Okay. Like, he wasn't there at camp today, and like even like OTAs, like I'm I'm sure he was like 
I'm pretty sure he was like the only player missing or something like that. Like, what's your thoughts on him? Because like we gave him like a pretty big contract, but like, is he putting in the work? Uh, so in that case, I'm not super worried right now. Uh, my guess is, and you know, there's nothing that really indicates the opposite right now that he just hasn't been working. But I mean, I understand. I think that Nate Davis's contract how much they paid him indicates they think he'll be an average starter, which, I mean, he's not going to set the world on fire. I think that's something where, you know, don't get your hopes up for him to develop into like an all pro type of guy, but just to bring a little bit of stability to the position. uh, And just considering what they had at offensive line for most of the year, it would honestly be an upgrade along the interior. If all things considered, if you look at it as you're keeping Kevin Jenkins and you're keeping Cody Whitehair from last year. And then Nate Davis, even though he doesn't play the same position, uh, is replacing Sam Mustafer as the third in that interior trio. That's not a high bar for uh, Nate Davis to reach. So I wouldn't say I'm too worried right now. Obviously you want to see him out on the field. You want to see him participating, but uh, I think it's too early to, you know, really hit the panic button in that regard. I. Now, like, one more thing that I've just been thinking about. So, like, we hear all this shit about, like, the rookies, right? We hear about Darnell. We hear about Jervon. We hear about Tyreek. We hear about Roshan. We hear about Tyler Scott. We hear about Terrell Smith, okay? Those six, I feel like most of us, like, are, like, we hear about them a lot. But, like, the the person I haven't heard a lot about is, uh, is uh, Zach Pickens. I mean, I believe we used a pretty high pick on him, pick 64, I believe. I mean, that's a pretty high pick, let's be real here. So, like, like it does, like, have you heard anything about him? So, it's my understanding that Pickens right now, uh, you know, obviously not taking reps with the starters. I think that that's not necessarily a surprise being, you know, being a rookie, being a little bit raw, uh, not too many guys in his position start right out of the gate. Uh, it's my understanding, and I should I, I clarify again, I'm not down there at camp right now, but uh, from what I've seen, it's predominantly uh, reps with the second and third stringers. I think that's been a majority of where he's gotten his action at. So my guess is, and I'm going to be interested in seeing how uh, bringing in Bravion Roy, how that's going to affect Pickens' playing time, if it does at all, because I think Roy's more of a one-tech and Pickens is a three-tech, but Still, it's another name in the rotation, so remains to be seen what happens there. But I, I do think that Pickens, you're going to see a good amount of him in the preseason. Uh, if I had to guess right now, I think Justin Jones and Andrew Billings are going to start at D tackle to kick off the year, and then Dexter and Roy, maybe, are going to be second string, and Pickens is going to be the third string. I. Uh, for one of those roles, but so when you consider Pickens has Justin Jones to compete with that three tech, uh, Demarcus Walker is going to kick inside in some cases. Uh, maybe they'll have Dexter line up as a three tech every once in a while, but I don't. I wouldn't expect to see a ton of Pickens once the regular season starts. I think he's someone more they're going to slowly bring into the offense. Yeah, I mean, like, Pickens was, like, my least favorite pick. I'm going to be real with you. was not a fan. Yeah, no, and I mean, and I think that's fair. I'm honestly kind of there with you. Like, 
from a pure value perspective, that was one where I was like, all right, that's a little bit of a head scratcher. But when you consider the long-term value you're looking at there and the potential, I think it's worth a shot. And uh, one thing kind of on the defensive tackle front, I think it's really early, obviously, but I don't think that drafting Dexter, drafting Pickens, I don't think that disqualifies the Bears from looking at the defensive tackle early next year. I think that if the right talent's there, if that game-changing three-technique defensive tackle is someone that they want at, you know, say in the first round, they've got a handful of really good defensive tackles in next year's class. So I wouldn't rule that out and have some sort of interior defensive line rotation. So just something to keep in mind. I know that's not the exact question you had, but – no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Like you look at Philly, they had like a, they had like a deep edge rotation. Like I want, a, I want a D line like Philly. You oh know? yeah. You know Philly's done a great job of building through the trenches consistently and just continuing to upgrade. Make sure that you, you never have too many pass rushers, never have too many offensive linemen. So, uh, I think that's ultimately the blueprint you kind of want to go with here. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you agree with that. Alrighty. Uh, All right, that, that's it for me, right, bro. Good stuff, man. Take Appreciate care. Coming in. All righty, so we got a couple of requests here. Sam, the Jedi, I'm bringing you in. And then Morgan, I'm bringing you in after. So, again, for those just joining, feel free to request if you have any questions. But for now, Sam, you have the floor. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Good to be here talking some bear shop with y'all. Hey, uh, just one thing, just kind of building off of that conversation that we just had uh, with uh, – Boy, Justin Fields. It's obviously Justin Fields there. Sounded just like him, too. Um, I just wanted to kind of point out kind of what I think the scheme is really for this defense right now. And If you go ahead and look at the moves that we've made these past two off-seasons, right, what have we done? We have bolstered and put a huge emphasis on our secondary, even through both drafts, right? I mean, our secondary, it's pretty scary, guys. Honestly, God, if they can live up to the potential that all of them are showing in college and they can – find the synchronicity between them it's going to be pretty fucking fun to see on top of that you look at the linebackers we brought in right we're bringing in tj edmonds i'm sorry edwards we're bringing in edmonds and then we have samborn what's something that all three of those linebackers have in common blanketing the passing lane in the middle and being able to dish out pain when anybody tries to go into slot there are going to be receivers that are going to be scared shitless to run across the field against us, right? The yeah. only hole that we have right now, honest to God, is probably, we all know it, is our defensive line, right? And kind of building off of what we're talking about with Pickens and Dexter and Jones and Walker, all, all of these people that we've got in right now, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get back to 2006 Bears football, right? Yeah. We want to blanket you with our coverage. We want to make it impossible for you to see where you're going. And then we want to accompany that with a tough four tech, four, uh, four man pass rush, right? That's the only thing that we're missing right now. I think that's the position that Poles wants to get to. And if we can get that defense accompanied with Justin Fields and our weapons that we have on the other side of the ball, boys, shit's going to get fun real quick. So that's something that I just kind of wanted to point out. And I wanted to see if you agree with that, Jacob. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you 100%. I think that the strength of this Bears roster right now is the back seven on that defense. And from the linebackers to the corners and the safeties, I think 
that the transformation over the last two years has been unbelievable. And uh, obviously we have to wait and see the, uh, the results of Ryan Poole's labor uh, come to fruition. But I, I do feel confident that what we're seeing with Kyler Gordon, these training camp reports and what we saw from him in the second half of last year, and what we saw from Brisker as a rookie, and then Stevenson making some plays as a rookie in training camp here, there's a lot to be excited about. So I think the secondary is absolutely, I think that's the most, the most complete area on the Bears roster right now. And then the linebackers, I think it's been, yeah, and the linebackers uh, day and night from last year. I mean, you're looking at Sanborn. He was the top guy in that linebacker group last year. Now he's the third, and you have Edwards, you have Edmonds, and Noah Sewell's going to be pushing for playing time too, and he's a damn good player too. So I, I'm personally really interested in seeing what the back end's going to do on defense, but, yeah, it's I think the, the, the D-line's going to need to take advantage of the coverage that they have because I don't think they're going to be doing a lot of initiating pressure like solely by themselves. So that, that's just going to be something to watch, but I'm with you there. I think the back seven of the defense is still looking dang good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes me a little bit – and I don't want to say this. I'm hesitant to say, you know, day one of pads and training camp. It makes me feel a slight bit of comfort knowing that we kind of have that blanket in the back. And, and it's going to be – it's not going to be as bad as last year. Last year was just atrocious, right? We're having year one players trying to find their groove and – and our pass rush newsflash was just as bad, right? So I think if we could even give Fields 25%, you know, 25% more time with the ball or 25% more of a chance to make a, you know, a game-winning drive, that's going to be – that's going to speak volumes. And I'm excited on the offensive side too, man. I mean, Christ, Tyler Scott, man. I, I feel like that guy is really turning heads. And if you get a formation with him, Valus, Claypool, and more – kind of just spread out with Justin Fields throwing the ball and Khalil Herbert in the backfield. I really don't know what you're going to be drawn out to stop all of that, man. I really, I really do not. So we're trending up boys. The plan is slowly starting to come in and the pieces are starting to fall into place. So I'm excited. Don't get your hopes too far up. We're only one day into training camp, but I think there is cause to be excited. Bear down baby from California. Hope y'all are doing great. Talk to you later. Yes, sir. Good stuff. Appreciate you coming in, Sam, and bear down. Uh, yeah, I, I think there, there's definitely a lot to be excited about. And just training camp in general is a time for a lot of optimism, a lot of hype. And it can be easy to get swept up in that sometimes. But I think that even if you temper your expectations a little bit, there's still a reason to be excited with this, uh, with this Bears roster on both sides of the ball. So, Morgan, going to bring you in to speak. We've got a couple requests here. Uh, that we'll get to, but Morgan was uh, first in line. So Morgan, we are going to bring you in. You're in now. What's up? Hey, Jacob. How you doing? Not too bad, man. How about yourself? Pretty good. I appreciate you having me on and I appreciate all you do for Bears Twitter. Oh, thank you. Building on what Sam was going on uh, about, I was interested to see that right now for the cornerback or the second cornerback spot, it looks like we got the rookie. Is that going to be a big competition between him and Kyler? 
because I thought Kyler picked up pretty good towards the end of last season. So that's kind of my biggest question. What do you think is going to happen with that situation? Yeah, so that's something that I'm honestly pretty interested in finding out because obviously Jalen Johnson, you look at what they have right now, what all their guys have proven at the NFL level, Jalen's the top corner that they have. But what the Bears did last year is, like in base formation, when you only have two cornerbacks out, Kyler Gordon was outside alongside Jalen Johnson. And when they do lay out of the nickel, then Kyler would bump inside and Kendall Vilder or Jalen Jones or Josh Blackwell would play outside. Uh, so that said, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be interested in seeing what the Bears do in a base formation. You only have two corners. That I'm not so sure. My guess is you try Tyreek Stevenson because I think that in a nickel package, in a dime package, you're looking at uh, Kyler in the slot and Jalen and Stevenson as the two guys outside. So just for a continuity perspective, my guess is Stevenson's going to be the cornerback too, but I don't know if that's going to be necessarily, oh, we think Stevenson is a better player, period, than Kyler Gordon. We just think he's a better outside cornerback than Kyler Gordon. So that's my guess as of right now. But, again, I wouldn't be shocked if – I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears run it back again and keep moving Kyler inside, outside, depending on what kind of formation they have. Gotcha. One more question on the secondary. We picked up OJ Mudia late last year, and he started off hot with the Broncos before he got injured. Has there been much talk on him, or is he still just pretty far buried in the cornerback ranks? So I remember I was a big fan of Ojemudia coming out of uh, Iowa. And, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, got off to a hot start in Denver. Then he got hurt. And, you know, obviously he's no longer there. I think that – I mean, I admittedly haven't heard a lot about him uh, from a training camp perspective. But I figure he's going to be in the mix somewhere from a a depth perspective because – I think Terrell Smith, I think it's fair to say, you know, being a fifth-round rookie, being that he's impressed with – he's stuck in there with the ones and seemed pretty comfortable. I think it's fair to say that he's going to make the team. And then it becomes Kendall Vilder, Jalen Jones, Josh Blackwell, Michael Ojemudia. I think two of those guys will take up uh, those three backup spots uh, – like gun to my head, if I had to guess, I'd lean towards he's a practice squad guy. But that's a tough call to make because you could say Kendall Vilder hasn't been great. Maybe you put him on the practice squad. Uh, I think Josh Blackwell's a bit more likely to make the team than a lot of people realize just because of his special teams value and his ability to, you know, kick in the nickel if necessary. And Jalen Jones, for an undrafted rookie last year, was solid. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see who comes out of that cornerback room. Right now, I'm probably leaning practice squad with Ojemudier, but uh, I don't think that I, – I don't think he's going to make it easy. I think he's going to fight tooth and nail. And his experience, having played a little bit in the system, having uh, – 
taken in that early part of the offseason and been with the Bears organization, I think that'll help them out a bit once uh, once the preseason kicks off. Fair enough. I agree. It's going to be interesting to see what the cornerback rotation is going to look like. But, yeah, that's all I got. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, of course, Morgan. Appreciate you coming in. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, so we got Hail Salami, the Hail Salami podcast. We're bringing you in. Uh, and just a reminder for anyone listening live, feel free to request to speak in the Twitter space if you have any questions. Uh, so just throwing that out there. And if you're just joining us and there's something you missed, feel free to uh, catch up in the Windy City Gridiron Podcast Network. So hail Salami Pod. You guys are in. What's up? Hey, Jacob. How you doing? Not too bad, man. Living the dream. How about you? Uh, can't complain. Day in, day out. You know, Bears football about to start. Uh, life's going good. Can't ask for much more. Loving it. What's on your mind? All right. So, um, question I got for you is about the uh, the big hog mollies on the offensive line. Love it. Um, one of my one of my favorite guys on that line, and I only say favorite because I I'm you know in love with his potential. We've actually seen nothing from him. Um, is not the Alex Leatherwood or the uh, Larry Borum, the guy we're like, oh, but the potential, you know, they can still be good, they can still develop into whatever. Um, I like Doug Kramer a lot because mm. I really feel like he's one of those guys, every team has um, has at least one every couple of years, you know, either a late-round pick or undrafted guy becomes a really solid, dependable offensive lineman, like even up, maybe above league average. I'm not saying he's making all-pro, but um, – I don't feel like he's talked enough on the Bears because I know he was out all of last year, but he, you know, he had to have taken in something, right? You have to learn something while you're out and you know working on your uh, watching film and in the meeting rooms and all that. Yeah. I feel like he's one of those guys, especially being a local kid, uh, that could you know really end up being a solid, you know, backup center or heck maybe even starting there one day after White Hair and Lucas Patrick move on. I want to know your thoughts. Yeah, so my thoughts on Doug Kramer right now, and obviously I think it's a shame, you know, his injury that happened. Uh, I, I hope that, you know, for his sake that he's, you know, fully recovered by all accounts. It doesn't seem like there are any issues with his health right now. Uh, with that in mind, I do think it's worth noting that he's 25 years old and hasn't played it down in the NFL yet. Uh, 
not, not to be the not to be the bearer of bad news or anything, not to be a Debbie Downer. Uh, and I think that him being primarily a center and not really having that previous guard experience, unless I'm unless I'm forgetting it incorrectly, uh, I think that might hurt him a little bit. Whereas, say a Lucas Patrick, say a Jatiri Carter, those type of guys have played all over the line and have that interior experience, but. I'm I'm hoping for the best for Kramer. I really am. Uh just because having another solid offensive lineman is just nothing to nothing to complain about. So my guess with Kramer is he's a practice squad guy. I'd uh right, right. I'd love to be proven wrong. I think he's someone that at least just off of his college tape, he's someone worth keeping in an NFL organization. I don't think that he at least in his last year at Illinois I don't think he looked like an NFL starter, but he looked like someone who belongs on a roster. So my, my guess is practice squad for now, but uh, it'll be interesting. I think the preseason is going to be massive for him. He's one of those guys who's kind of like on the fringe where you could see him making the team, but he's still got a lot to prove. Absolutely. And then uh, one more question for you, man. Um, I remember one of the last episodes you mentioned, I was laughing because you mentioned about being blocked on Twitter by, uh, by Mustafer or maybe one other guy. I can't remember who you said. Yeah. Um, who's, the, who's the highest profile uh, Bears player you think you've ever been blocked by, if any? Uh, that's a tough one. So Mustafer, I know I'm blocked by. Uh, Borum, I know I'm blocked by. And then Valus Jones, I'm blocked by. Those are the ones I know for sure. Not old man Valus. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised because he's like he's like 70 years old. I'm surprised he's able to figure out how to block me. But I said, he probably he's probably confused. He's like, what the hell is next? <laughs> uh, but no, I uh, I don't know. Like I mean, especially like I've interviewed Valus before. I've talked to him. He's a great guy. I have nothing against him personally or any of those guys as people. But those are the three that I know have blocked me. And like I mean, I get it from their perspective. You know, they're trying to do their job. They don't want to see people talking trash about them. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm not trying to hate on those guys as people. I have, you know, nothing but respect for the work they put in. But I don't know. I think it's a part of my job, I guess you could say. Uh, I say that in quotations because it's not, it's not really my job. It's more of like a part-time thing. But either way, uh, yeah, for sure. To you know, um, to call it down the middle, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I call uh, it like I see it. Try not to be too abrasive, too aggressive. Try not to hate on them for you know as people if they're not playing super well. But you know, don't let them off the hook either. Right. I'm uh, I'm blocked by ML football on here or MFL whatever. Oh, the yeah, yeah. I, I called him out. He's the I think he's the worst Twitter personality on this entire X personality whatever on the entire entirety of football Twitter. I think him and Dov Klein and each other run for their money. Oh god. I uh if if one if one of them show up in here, I, I just wanna I wanna see if I can invite one of them in here just to stir up the pot. But uh as long as I'm not in your last place as long as I'm not the worst uh, NFL Twitter content guy out there, then I'm gonna I'll be happy regardless of who it is. Uh, but yeah, I, I've seen complaints. I've seen complaints about those guys. I know they they both follow me, so I'm not gonna hate. I've talked with uh, as they should, yeah, you know, because I'm I'm hot shit or whatever. Uh, 
I'm not. But either way, like, no, I, I get, I, I, I've seen stuff. I've seen stuff that people, people, a lot of people complain, which it's a part of the gig. So. For yeah, sure, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate everything you do, both for Bears Twitter and just football Twitter in general. It makes it, makes it a fun space. So. Yes, sir. Thanks, man. I'll, be, I'll definitely listen to this one back on the uh, podcast. Yeah, no, of course. Appreciate you coming in, man. All right, we got a couple requests here now. I'm going to bring Justin Fields' stand back in, and then Virginia McCaskey, who's definitely the real McCaskey, uh, I'm bringing in. And then Tony, I see, is requested too, so – We'll work our way down, and we'll uh, we'll get you guys in here. But Justin um, Fields, oh fan, my bad, I, I didn't mean to request. I was just I just clicked it by accident. Oh no, you're good. I'll take you out. Yep. Yeah. So unfortunate that you know, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to talk to lovely old me. Uh, but I, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But all right, Virginia Hallis McCaskey. D parentheses DJ Moore season loading. So it's not exactly Virginia McCaskey, I don't think. But let's find out. Is this the real Virginia? Let's see, you're in. Uh, I think you're muted right now. All right, we got a little technical difficulty. I'm going to bring in... uh, Virginia House, McCaskey. Yo, sorry, I was having difficulties. I could hear now. You guys can hear me? Oh, yeah, I know I can hear you. All right, we're... All right, first, how you doing, Jacob? Quick uh, icebreaker. I know you just started your new job. Yeah. How is your new job? How is work today? And also, do the people at your real job know about the legend you are on Twitter or not? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I did start a new job. Uh, so, I'm in week six of a 20-week training program. Uh, I'm enjoying it. So like full disclosure, I moved down to like the St. Louis area. So it's definitely new territory for me. I've never, you know, like, I mean, I went to Mizzou, so I've lived in Missouri, but this is all by myself and it's a lot of it. It's a big transition, but I'm enjoying it today. Work was good. Uh, a lot of shadowing people, a lot of learning. Uh, and some of them know, some of my coworkers know what I do on Twitter and some of them were surprised. They're like, how do you have like 30 something thousand followers on Twitter? I'm like, dude, I don't even know. So I, uh, it's one of those things I'm not going to brag about it, but you know, if it comes up naturally in a conversation, I'll talk about it. And it surprised a few people. So I'm, uh, you know, not to, not to flex or anything, but they're, you know, they know they're talking to the lead draft analyst for Witty City Gridiron that I, you know, puts them in their place. I'm done. That's yeah, fine. No, for sure. Um, all right. Just shifting off, like, just straight barriers and personnel for a sec. Um, I know, like, the NFC was pretty weak last year. It could be weak again this year. Like, AFC's loaded with all those QBs. You had, like, the Falcons. Or I, I don't even know. Is it the... Did the Falcons sneak in the NFC South last year? Who won that? Yeah, so uh, NFC South, that's uh, Saints, Falcons, Panthers, and Bucks. Yeah, and who won that last year? Last, the, who took that last year, that spot? was Tampa. That was Tampa when uh, they still oh, had Brady. Word. They still had Brady, though. All right, well, anyways, my question is, like, I, I think the Bears could, you know, they have kind of an opportunity to sneak in the playoffs this year, considering how weak that NFC yeah. is. Um 
obviously the North looks like Loki might be a, a little loaded this year. If the Bears, you know, play well, obviously the Vikings and Lions both have pretty high expectations. I'm, like, kind of hoping that we could be, like, last year's NFC East. But what storylines are you looking, like, at around the NFC to, like, as far as our playoff hopes go and other teams uh, in the NFC North or elsewhere? Like, what other city are you looking at to see if we can make the playoffs? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that the NFC South especially is interesting to me because you could you can tell me that you know, at the end of the year a team is going to finish 7-10 and 10 and that's going to be good enough to win the division. And I, I could see it happening. I, I just don't think there are any great teams there, which – isn't great for the Bears, you know, having the Panthers first round pick, it adds a little bit of instability where it's like, okay, this could be a top 10 pick if the Panthers were in a normal division. But since the competition around them isn't great, seven and 10 or eight and nine could be enough to win the division and they go to the playoffs. So that's something I'm watching with a bit of a Bears spin on it is just where Carolina ends up in the NFC South and who really takes over. Because I don't see a great team in that division. I, I, I think the Saints have to stand out as the favorites for right now. But, you know, the Falcons, it's a good scheme. And they've, they've overachieved in the past with, you know, less than ideal situation. But, again, I think Saints missing a lot of, a lot of pieces, a handful of pieces on both sides of the ball. Uh, Falcons, what is Desmond Ritter at quarterback? Uh, I really don't know what to expect there. And then Carolina, I mean, you've got some weapons, but no star there. Uh, offensive line might be a bit of an issue. And that's a rookie QB. How much is he going to elevate that team right out of the gate? So NFC South is a big one I'm watching. And as far as playoffs, like from a wild card perspective, I'm really going to be interested in seeing what happens in the, uh, the NFC West. Because I feel – Somewhat confident the 49ers are going to win it. But even then, you've got a quarter, weird quarterback situation. Uh, Seahawks, I feel like, got better this offseason. But is Geno Smith going to be able to maintain that first half 2022 performance? I, I personally don't think so. Just because you have a guy who broke out, a quarterback who broke out after he turned 30. And the second half of the year wasn't all that great. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little suspicious with that and don't know what the Rams are going to be because they've got healthy Stafford now, healthy Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. But that defense outside of Aaron Donald might be the worst in the league. So I have no clue what to expect there. They could be 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight, just off of the star power they have that elevates the kind of bad depth they have. Or they could go like five and twelve, and I could see that happening. And the Cardinals kind of suck, but that NFC West, especially the uh, Seahawks and Rams, I'm going to be interested from a Bears perspective. See if those teams are able to maybe overachieve, and if they do, then I could see one of them snagging a wild card spot. But if not, that opens up a great opportunity for teams in the NFC North can take a playoff spot. All right, dude. I appreciate you uh, answering my questions. I have a lot of my work right now. Um, glad everything's going well with you. Yeah. Nice talking to you as always. 
No, of course. Appreciate you coming in, man. Bear down. I'll um, pass on my well wishes to my son, George. Tell him you're doing well. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate you coming in, man. I'll, uh, I'll tell your son, George, uh, you wish him well. I'm sure he's listening on like a burner or something somewhere. So Nathaniel the Conqueror. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, I'm bringing you in. And just as a reminder, again, if you have any questions, feel free to request to speak if you're listening live in the Twitter spaces right now. But the Conqueror himself is in the space now. What's up? Yo, yo, yo. So, I don't know. I've just been seeing a lot of talk on Twitter about bears, how they're, they're, how strong they are. I don't know. I got to go with the three silverbacks, bro. I don't think the two grizzly bears can take the three silverback gorillas. Two on three, not happening. So it's uh, you said two grizzly bears versus three silverback gorillas, not happening. I can't. It's that the third grizzly bear for me, or third gorilla for me. They can take they can take a two on two any day of the week. They can take a two on two. I think so, but it's that third gorilla for me. That's uh, I mean, I think that's fair. I gorillas are fucking muscular as shit. Bro, they're so strong, and their 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 agility is what's kind of, uh, kind of people. I think what people are sleeping on, bro. They're swinging from trees. They're like, doing backflips. I've seen them do handstands. Oh yeah, it's it's unbelievable, and they've got like the, they've got the grip and everything. They can grab onto you. Like I don't know. I think bears are bears are like super powerful creatures, but I think I think gorillas just the way they're built. I take the three gorillas over the two bears, so. Yeah. I'll there every day of the week. Yeah. Sorry to get a little bit off topic about the kind no. of bears we're talking about, but like I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh no, of course. No need to apologize. I appreciate you uh, shouting that out. Yeah. Yes, Stay smooth, bro. Appreciate it. See ya. Alrighty. So thank you for that, uh, Nathaniel the Conqueror. I Gorillas are my favorite zoo animal. I'm just going to be honest. Like every time I go to the zoo, I I go straight towards the gorilla exhibit, the primates, uh, just because they're so like human like, but they're not at the same time. And th- that's the best the best trait to me a zoo animal can have is acting like a human. And so I mean that's why I love gorillas. They're just wonderful creatures. Love bears too though. There's one time I went to. Uh, like a drive-through kind of uh, zoo exhibit in South Dakota. They have like all the, you know, regional wild animals. You can just drive around and look at them. There were some bison. There were some wolves, some deer, some bears. It's unbelievable. So driving in South Dakota, I think it's like bear country or something. So just just chill and watch them hang out. It's a, it's a good time. So. I'll keep rambling about zoo animals. I mean, I'm, I'm having a fun time with that. If anyone's got any Bears questions, feel free to request uh, here in the Twitter spaces or any NFL questions in general. But if not, I'm down to just ramble on on my, uh, you know, my off the meds rant kind of here. So uh, I'll leave the floor open if anyone wants to join in. But if not, I'm going to just keep going about Bears. So I'll, uh, whatever, whatever you guys think. So for the time being, all right, we've got Kentrell coming in, requesting to speak. Never mind. Kentrell left. What the hell, Kentrell? That hurts. You know, I got all hyped up for that. I'm like, oh, you know, someone's requesting to speak this time. 
uh, and then he just dipped right away. So that was ruined my day. I'm gonna go home and you know chug a gallon of uh, Tide laundry detergent. I've got this. Uh, I bought a Gucci belt, and I'm gonna use it tonight to uh, take my own life. Justin Fields Vegan Bowl. We're bringing you in. Justin Fields Vegan Bowl, a regular to these Let's Talk Bears streams. We're bringing you in to chat with us, whatever questions you might have, waiting to get in. And you're in now. What's up? Hey, can you hear me all right? Uh, it, it, it's a little choppy. We'll uh, try speaking again. Hello? I, I can one, hear, yeah, I can one hear you. Okay, no worries. I'm gonna, yeah. Kind of sounds like he's on a roller coaster, but it's uh, it's all good. We'll work out. We'll work out the kinks because Justin Fields Vegan Bowl's got some good stuff. So, no there. Give that just a sec. Wait for the technical difficulties to go through. And if for those of you who haven't been listening the whole time, again, you can watch this on the Windy City Gridiron podcast channel, uh, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify. Uh, I think SoundCloud too, like Apple, whatever, all that good stuff. Uh, and on the Windy City Gridiron website. Uh, all right, so we got a, another request to speak here. Uh, it looks like Justin Fields Vegan Bowl is popping out for now. Uh, so I'm going to bring Charlie Wilson in. We'll see if we can get Vegan Bowl in later. But for now, Charlie, we're giving you the floor. What's up? Hey, Jacob, how are you? Not too bad, man. How about yourself? Uh, I'm wondering, who would you like to see returning punts? Because I go to Cincinnati, I've seen Tyler Scott run, and that dude is fucking fast. Nevalis is fast yeah. too, but who, who, would you, who would you like to see back there? Yeah, so I think, uh, and just, uh, I should note real quick, I see you, uh, the Italian Chicago bully, making emojis in the chat. I'll bring you in eventually. But yeah, Charlie, to answer your question, I think, from what I've seen, I mean, Tyler Scott has looked really comfortable as a punt returner. So I think that's something to something to keep in mind because Valus Jones had some fumble issues. And by all accounts, he's had issues with dropping passes in training camp. I don't think his roster spot's guaranteed. His being Valus, I should say. And if Valus doesn't make the team, if Valus doesn't uh, – if he doesn't hold on that role, I think Tyler Scott is the next man I'd have up. Because of his experience. So, so you think? Sorry, wide receivers. Then you think they're only going to keep six wide receivers? If you if you think the I do think so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think because that yeah, was my next question. Yeah, no, I got to. I mean, I think the top three guys you're looking: Mooney, Claypool, and uh, Moore. I think those guys are all safe heading into opening week, and then Tyler Scott. I'd be absolutely floored if, you know, he doesn't make the team. And then and there you're looking at Equinemius St. Brown. You're looking at uh, maybe Nassimba Webster. Yeah. You're looking at Dante Pettis. So, Valus could end up making the team as, like, the wide receiver six, but even then, I mean, I think that there definitely should be some uh, competition as a returner, just because of positions with ball security. Sure. Yeah, I, I think if, if they're keeping six, I think there's more of a possibility that 
Pettis doesn't make the team because I really don't see the point of them keeping Pettis because I feel like they only, they only would keep him for pass pro. But Equinemius is a much better pass protector. And you also have Claypool, who's much larger of a person. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I think I think they keep St. Brown on because he's a good blocker and because from a physical perspective, yeah. he's the closest thing they have to Claypool from a size and speed perspective. Uh, right. And then, yeah, from there, it just becomes Velas versus Dante Pettis for that last spot. I think that's really going to be the uh, competition to watch for that last roster opening. Yeah, I, as long as Equinemius isn't out there on fourth and tens against the Miami Dolphins, he can be on the roster, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't expect them to be that down bad at receiver again, but we'll see. I say that knocking on wood, uh, which I don't have on account of my uh, dysfunction down there, but – Either way. Uh, sure. Yeah. But you got any other questions? Yeah. No, I appreciate your time. Good stuff. Appreciate you coming in. All right. We're going to bring in the Italian Chicago Bull. And then Kentrell's back. Uh, going to bring in Kentrell. Disregard what I said about dysfunction. Uh, if anyone asks on Twitter, that was a lie. Uh, it works. So uh, totally not based in reality. But Italian Chicago Bull. You're in now. What's up? What's up, everybody? Uh, happy fucking Tuesday, right? Yeah, yes, something yeah. like that. Now, um, we can't negate our uh, deficiencies on the pass rush. Am I right, Bears fans? Yeah. The cover two is predicated uh, on the fucking pass rush. So, we can't build it all in one year either. I'm happy that the allocation went to the offense. Now, we got to see these motherfuckers show up. One thing I do not like is that Justin's wearing a fucking sling in camp. What do you guys think about that? Jacob, what do you think about that predominantly? So, I will say from this perspective, I'm not insanely worried. Uh, I think time's going to tell just because it's tough to get a grasp on exactly what the Bears, what the injury situation is, just because they've been so secretive about it. I don't think it's just this regime. I think it's it runs up to the McCaskies. Every good team does that. Injury information coming out there. Yeah. Every good team does that. Yeah. So I mean, and I think that it's, it's make, it does make it tougher for us as fans to speculate exactly what the situation is. I'm not going to panic about you know any injury developments until it's you know officially announced. So, but I, I will say to your point though, I. Uh, I agree that looking at the roster last year and and the offense, especially when you have a quarterback, a young guy like Justin Fields, surrounding him with talent on offense becomes the priority. So I've been saying this whole offseason, it was the worst team in the league from a a record perspective last year. You're not going to fix everything in one offseason. There's going to be one position. It's impossible. Yeah. There's going to be one position group that – at least one that's uh, not going to be able to be fixed. This, this year was the defensive line. Uh, I do believe that something will come to fix in the next two off seasons. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think they made the right call in uh, taking a bit of an offense heavy approach. It's first time we've done this since 1920. It's been forever. I mean, there have been so few off seasons where. They're making those splashes on offense, so it's definitely nice to see. Uh, 
Just curious, you got any other questions? Um, yes, I have one other one. Uh, with the Valus thing, uh, as far as taking back punts, I think we need to have him do it. Um, you know, Pettis is the other guy in the, the conversation as well, but I don't think Poles is going to let that draft pick just slide away that quickly, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get that. I do. I think that especially to take him in the third round where they did last year, that indicates that they had like at least a third round grade on him, probably even higher because if he's the top guy on your board, you're extremely high on him going into the year. So, uh, I think- But you're a draft guy. You're a prospect guy, uh, yeah. Jacob. Um, now, around the league, um, I hear that polls cannot identify outside talent as far as uh, wide receiver, running back, uh, that kind of positions. Do you think that's valid? I think it's a little bit tough to say right now just because it's so early in his regime. I think with what you... So early. Infancy stage. Yeah. And I think you're looking at, uh, like, the receivers they brought in. Uh, Valus hasn't worked out. Uh, Claypool, to this point, hasn't worked out. But then you're also looking at DJ Moore. Oh, you can't say Claypool has not worked out yet. Because he's, what, 6'2"? He's kind of going to be a safety blanket for Justin. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So we can't negate him this the this this uh, early into this season. Yeah. So and now one other thing. One other thing, though. Uh, I went into a uh, Pittsburgh Steeler room earlier today, and they say we got fleeced going after Claypool. Nah, you know, I feel like that's spilt milk. What I was more concerned about. no, 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 no. Actually, that, that was the main concern, uh, that we fleeced ourselves for fucking Claypool. Yeah. So I will say from Claypool's perspective, I'm going to try not to be super decisive on whether it was a good move or a bad move because I think you're going off half a year. By all accounts, people who have worked within the organization, who have worked within a similar offense, it, they've mentioned it's a difficult offense for receivers to grasp right away. So – that and the injuries yeah, I can't enough. entirely hold last year against Claypool. I mean, th- there's a level of accountability there. And, you know, he didn't perform the way they probably wanted him to. But I, I, then again, I am willing to give him another chance and say if he bounces back to maybe not even rookie year, but like his sophomore campaign where, you know, you're looking at like 800, 900 yards. They get that out of Claypool, even if he leaves next year. I'd be super happy. Just because. The only thing that scares me is Tomlin. Tomlin evaluates talent very well. And yeah. to be able to just move him like that, it, yeah. it should open up some ears. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely agree with you. Uh, whenever uh, a coach like, you know, a Tomlin or an Andy Reid or a Bill Belichick, someone like that moves on from a guy, uh, can be a little bit concerning, but uh, time will tell. So, but no, I'm curious if you yes, got anything. Yes, time else. will tell, sir. Absolutely. No, no, no. That's essentially it. Um, oh, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't want you to be a homer on this. Okay. But what's, what's your win total for this year? I say five to six. Okay. Uh, so I think I think from five to six, uh, you know, if that's the case, I mean, obviously that's, uh, that's an upgrade in wins. But 
I think if, you know, that's the upgrade that they're making, then you're probably looking to make some big changes this offseason or next offseason, rather. Uh, well, it's going to all be on the defensive line, am I right? Yeah, I, I think the defensive line is – I think that's what's going to hold them back from being, like, a true playoff yes. team. Uh, and I think we'll put up a lot of points, but yeah. it's about defending. Yeah, so I, I think the back seven on defense is something that I feel – pretty comfortable in the linebackers and the defensive backs so oh me too yeah. we added so much in that uh category those categories shall i say yeah i mean i'm, I'm not i'm not scared of, of defensive failures just for that i don't think it's going to be a great unit just because again bad defensive line on paper but we'll see my my win total i've been sticking with eight and nine okay with so i'm thinking eight wins at least you ain't going ten like some people I've hearing. Uh, 10 is a playoff team. We're not a playoff team. We're going to put up a lot of points. Don't get me wrong, gentlemen. As long as uh, Justin stays healthy, we can put up a lot of points. But we got to protect the motherfucker on top of that. No, 100%. And I, I think those upgrades on offense are really going to propel this team. Well, uh, listen, well, thank you so much for coming in, man. I appreciate you... Uh, Oh, thanks for taking my calls, man. I appreciate it, brother. Absolutely. Have a good one. Uh, We're going to bring in uh, Kentrell Taylor here, who was in earlier, uh, and then Brett. Brett Barnes? Yeah. So, Kentrell, though, you've got the floor. What's up? Hey, what's up, Jacob? Um, First off, can you hear me? Yeah, no, I can hear you just fine. Sweet. First off, I just want to bring up Chase Claypool, uh, the dude is gone. He's he's his time is over with. He might be six foot two, but Justin Fields cannot save that guy. He uh he's got to go. We got fleeced in that trade. So, um, but anyways, my main point is obviously we were abysmal in divisional play last year. I wanted yeah. to know where you think we are going to finish this season if we're going to be in the same position as last year, or if uh, we are going to be. Uh, just a little bit better, maybe third or second, maybe even first in our division. And then lastly, I wanted to see where you rank Justin Fields at currently uh, compared to all the rest of quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, so from an NFC North perspective, it's kind of tough to say because I feel like all those teams are pretty close to each other. So you could you could say the Bears are going to finish last in the division again, and you could also say they're going to finish first and – I think about they both have the equal weight, in my opinion. I, it's a lot of teams where I think I think the Lions have to be the favorites to win the division. Uh, but even with the moves, the Vikings traded some people away. They cut some names. Didn't get better. And I don't think their style of winning from last year is, uh, is sustainable in the long term. But this is still a pretty good roster. And the Packers have a pretty good roster. But again... What is Jordan Love? I have no idea. The league has no idea. So time will tell on that. Uh, my gut saying I think third place is a safe bet for the Bears because they'll be a lot better this year. Uh, I, I think they're just a, a couple pieces away from truly taking that top spot. So I'll say third for now. But I, I think it's going to be a tight race throughout the entirety of the year. Uh and to answer the question about where field stands, I've been—I was messing around with—I uh, think it's like Bladen Kirk. Uh, I don't know the exact website, but I know he, he's the dude who made it. 
uh, where you choose between two quarterbacks and you're, you ask a series of questions and it figures out where what your quarterback rankings are around the league. And it had like 40 guys. I want to say I had fields at 16. So like right in the middle. That's where I had him the last time I took it. Uh, so I, I put him league average right now, which I think is fair when you consider he's an elite playmaker, one of, if not the best running quarterbacks in the NFL right now. But as a passer, there's still a lot of progress to be made. I'm a bit higher on him as a passer than maybe people outside of Chicago might be. I know the Bears fan base is predominantly, you know, pumped on fields, excited for what his upside might be. But, you know, there might be some names like outside of the Bears fandom who aren't sold. I'm somewhere in the middle. I think he's got a lot of a lot of work to do as a passer, but again, so much of that I think also comes from what his situation was last year. So, 16's where I have it. I think if he can finish the year, uh, like flirting with the top ten, then I think that'd be a major success. Uh, but that, that's just where I'm at. I'm going to say 16. I think that's a fair mix of projection, but also being kind of conservative because I don't think he's elite by any means right now. But I don't think he's this, you know, stinker of a quarterback that, you know, you might look at the passing yards and say, oh, this guy sucks. I think there's you know, a lot of context missing with just looking at that. So uh, right in the middle from a starting quarterback perspective, I think that's where we're at. So with that, where do you rank him in the division then compared to Kirk, Jordan, and um, Jared Goff? So right now, I'd have him third in the division. I'd have Kirk number one, Goff two, Fields three, Jordan Love four. And you know, that said, it's pretty close. I think Kirk and Goff are more steady quarterbacks, more reliable from an accuracy perspective. But Fields by far, I think, has the highest ceiling in the bunch. And if he takes the steps as a passer that a lot of people think he will, I have no doubt that he'll be the top quarterback in the division by the end of the year. I just have to see a little bit more consistency through the air for me to uh, keep him as the top guy in the division. Right now I'm playing it safe with some of the more game manager types. And are, are you going to win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? Are you going to win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff? I don't think so. Could you win a Super Bowl with Justin Fields if he develops to his full potential? Maybe. Uh, but that, that, There's a lot of question marks, so I can't put Fields – any higher than three right now, but I think there's a strong chance he's the top guy by the end of the year. All right, last question. Well, I guess this is a two-parter. Um, where do you think Micah Parsons ranks among the league rushers in the league, and what would you trade to get him on to the Bears? Ooh. Okay, so Micah Parsons, that's a good one. Uh, definitely top five. In, in some order – I'd say my top four edge rushers, you're looking TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons. Those are my top four edge rushers around the league right now. Uh, now it just becomes a matter of in what order. I'm not sure. I think I want to see one more year out of Parsons before I make him the top guy. Right now, I'm maybe leaning Nick Bosa. But again, that's so tough. Uh 
Parsons is definitely one of the positions elite, though. I think if if he somehow hits the open market, if Dallas doesn't want to pay him, which, I mean, I think they will, but I think you're looking at least two first-round picks for Micah Parsons uh, and then throw in, like, a future third or a future fourth or something like that. Uh, and I think that would do the trick. But Micah Parsons is fantastic. I think that his development as a pass rusher has been unbelievable. He's always been an insane athlete. He's always been super strong, super fast, uh, high-motor guy. But his development as a technician has been unbelievable. So top four for sure. I'd have to think about it a little bit in which order I'd put those guys. But Parsons is one of the top guys in the league, no doubt. All right. I just thought of one more question, actually. I'm sorry. This will be the last one. Oh, no, you're good. Who's got a faster, easier rebuild to a Super Bowl, the Raiders or the Bears? Raiders or the Bears? I'd say Bears. The Bears? Uh, Is that because of the quarterback? All right. You can just go ahead and explain. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I think quarterback, uh, I think that plays a big role in it. I think they're closer to having a strong roster right now than the Raiders do. I mean, sure, you've got – you know, you're looking at Max Crosby with the Raiders. You're looking at Devontae Adams now, and Josh Jacobs, if they're able to lock him down. And Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, we know what he is. He's solid. He's not amazing, but he's a solid quarterback. Uh, but I think the Bears have a lot more upside. They have a lot more long-term developmental pieces with much more upside. So that, and they have two first-round picks next year as it stands. So they've got the resources. They've got some young guys on the roster. Uh, I'd say the the Raiders, I know it's been leaked like Devontae Adams doesn't want to get traded from there, uh, but I think it would make sense for the Raiders to deal him just because he's one of their top guys. And, you know, let's face it, in that division, they're not competing anytime soon. So uh, I'd say the Bears are closer right now. I think that one is going to be a hot take for a lot of uh, Raiders fans out there. Yeah, I uh, – I know a couple Raiders fans. I hope that they're not going to be pissed at me. Uh, I'll check in on them and see what they say. I hope they don't, you know, burn me at the stake. But, yeah, no, I, I just think in that division, there's a lot of talent there, especially with the Chiefs and Chargers. But, you know, who knows? Time will tell. They might uh, they might end up, end up exceeding my expectations. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, of course. Appreciate you coming in, man. All right. Have a good one. Bye. You too. See you. All so we got two requests here. I'm bringing in Brett Barnes and then Zach Pollock will be our last uh, speaker for the day. So, Brett, you should be in now. Uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, what's up? Uh, so we, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to training camp this morning, and a few takeaways was um, the back seven played very well, as expected, though. Yeah. They did a good job locking up, um, well, not locking up, but coveraging more and Mooney and Claypool. And also, the development between Fields and Claypool, I think, is noticeable because I think the full offseason of Claypool is has helped him a lot because today, specifically, Fields, every target, I'm pretty sure, with Claypool was all like jump balls and contested catches. Yeah. So I'm hoping that Fields recognizing and playing to his wide receiver strengths like Claypool and giving him jump balls and stuff like that. So I'm hoping that's what we see from him in this season. And hopefully you can 
just progress off of this chemistry that is rumored that yeah yeah no i mean i and i think that's uh that's definitely good news to hear uh i i agree that ultimately you want to work to your players strengths in any capacity and hearing that claypool got a lot of contested situations got a lot of jump balls so to speak uh i think that's really working best to his abilities he's not going to be this tremendous route runner, just because he's a bigger guy, he carries more more size, more weight than the average receiver. So it's going to be tougher for him to really explode coming out of his breaks and create that great separation. But he's got the size, he's got the speed. And I think that's two very extremely valuable traits to have. So uh, that's definitely encouraging. And I think that I'm not going to call the Claypool trade a disaster just yet. He didn't. He didn't live up. He didn't live up to the hype in 2022. I think there's no way around it. But I do think that having a full off season in the offense, uh, hopefully having the chance to get healthy. I know he's off the pup list now, obviously. But yeah, uh, I've said that even if Claypool has, if he has a really good year and leaves after, and the Bears don't re-sign him, I think the trade would be worth it just because he helped develop Justin Fields into a franchise passer. I agree. And yeah. like, sure. That's a lot of, it's a heavy draft pick to give up and you don't love parting with a 32nd pick, but all things considered, man, it's, it's all about developing your guys and Justin Fields being the cornerstone of your offense of your team. If you're able to develop him, bring in the pieces necessary. I think that's worth it. Maybe a sunken cost with that trade. Yeah, and um, also, I'd like to point out that there have been reports of two players, namely DJ Moore, obviously, and Gravon Dexter, both playing really good in camp. I, from what I've saw today with the pads on, they both did play extremely well. Fields and Moore look like they've been playing together for like three years now, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. And Dexter is making a name for himself on the line, it looks like, so that's really good to see too. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fantastic news, and uh. I'd say I've seen the same, uh, not being down there at practice because uh, I haven't been, but reading, you know, reading tweets, reading reports, uh, the fields to more connection has been strong, which I think that's everything you could have hoped for and more uh, at, at this yes. point. And then Dexter, I'm really interested because the, the situation with him was at Florida, he had to do like a, a bit of a read and react. So he, he wasn't like firing right off the ball, just shooting into the backfield. So that had a lot of people thinking, Oh, his first step acceleration sucks. Uh, but he it wasn't because he was slow off the ball. It's because he had to hesitate a bit. It's a part of the defense. So he was naturally slower off the ball. But once you get him the chance to pin his ears back and get after the quarterback to get into the backfield, he's a really good athlete. So I, I think the sky's really – the ceiling's really high for Dexter. So uh, it's really, really encouraging to hear that. Uh, both of those guys are playing well because they'll be they'll be crucial to the Bears having a strong year this year. Yes, I agree. And also, the offensive line did play well too. That, yeah, which is some people say it's not saying much to do our defense line, but they did play well, which is good to see too. Yeah, that's, that's especially good. that Nate Davis today. Too. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and and that's that's good. That's a good thing to hear. Uh, even in a practice situation, even with a defensive line that's maybe not that great by NFL starting standards. Uh, you know, you can kind of tell like when an offensive line's performing well because of 
they're genuinely good rather than, oh, just the defense around that they're facing sucks. Uh-huh. So, yeah. if you know, like it sounds like they're playing well on the offensive line, just uh, just genuinely good football, which, you know, that's always great to hear. Yeah, and Roshan Johnson didn't – he looked fine. He was, like, walking around. He was doing stuff. I don't think his injuries are serious. I think it was just precautionary, too. Because he was chilling. He was, like, walking around and stuff, too. So, it was good to see. Yeah, no, and that's good, too. I think it didn't sound like it was all that serious from, like, the reports that I've read. Uh, so, you know, for him just to be walking around, just playing it safe at this point, you don't, you yeah, really don't want to risk a uh, serious injury, especially for a guy who could potentially step into a bigger role on offense like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's all just really encouraging news. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to hear you had the chance to go down there and watch, uh, watch the camp and uh, happy that things look good from that perspective. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, good stuff, man. I uh, appreciate you coming in. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Of course, have a good one. Of course. You too. All right, see ya. Brett, appreciate you coming in. Last one, uh, Zach Pollock, I'm going to bring you in. Uh, Thanks to everyone who's been listening here in the Twitter spaces. Uh, Just as a reminder, if you're just joining late, you can listen to the whole thing, Windy City Gridiron Podcast Network. Wherever you get your podcasts, unless it's on, like, the black market or Pornhub or something, because then we're probably not on there. But... Zach Pollock, you are in. What's up? And I hope I'm pronouncing the last name right. I feel like I am, but I just want to make sure. All right, so Zach is currently on mute right now. Uh, Sorry about that. Oh, there you go. I just was, I was thanking you for all the tweets you put out. You put out a lot of great stuff, a lot of good funny stuff. We got to get some more Jack Sanborn drama out there <laughs> him and his swifty nature. So no, absolutely. My, question, my first question for you is, it feels like we're really investing a lot in the offense. We got three great running backs, three great receivers. We just signed Cole Komet to a large extension. Do you feel like that's hindering what we're able to do on our defensive side? I keep seeing all the, we're going to sign a defensive end today, and then it kind of doesn't happen. I, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case uh, just because with where they're at from a roster perspective right now, uh, let's see, I'm just going to, there's a little bit of background noise. So I'm going to mute for right now and then I'll unmute uh, when I'm done speaking just so uh, people listening back can you know, hear. Uh, but yeah, I think that obviously the offense in today's NFL, it's a good thing to prioritize. I think that, they've done a really good job of doing that with bringing in new weapons, bringing in a better offensive line. Uh, at the same time, I feel like there's, they have enough resources still that they could invest in defense. They can invest in the defensive line. They can invest in edge rusher. They can invest in D tackle. Uh, if Jalen Johnson doesn't come back, you can invest in another corner and you can afford it. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say that it's, uh, a matter of one or the other. I think especially with bringing in Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, you've done a really good job of adding linebacker value, turning it from a weakness into one of their biggest strengths on the roster right now. So I feel like the offense might be better than the defense this year just because it's a more complete unit. But I, I still think that down the line, even if it's just a, a one-year rental at Ed Rusher, 
the recent, the players are still out there for them to sign for the time being. Uh, and then in the future, I still think it's possible that you can make those defensive line upgrades. So I've got a different perspective. Us having Carolina's pick next year, okay. the only thing I've really seen out of Carolina from Bryce Young is that he was shorter than the entire offensive line. You can't see him behind them. Yeah. What's your take yeah. on him and how that team is going to perform this upcoming year from what you've seen so far? So, so from that perspective, I think that size is going to be an issue with Bryce Young. To what extent, I'm not sure. Uh, that's personally why – I mean, I think he's a tremendous player. He's a great thrower of the football. He's intelligent. He's accurate. He's a good athlete. He's got a solid arm. But I am worried about his frame and his ability to withstand hits on a consistent basis. You know, playing behind a good Alabama offensive line with, you know, one of the best rosters in the nation, uh, that might kind of inflate your value a little bit. Not saying he shouldn't have been the top pick. I I think there's a really strong argument for him to have deserved that over Stroud or, you know, over Richardson or Levis uh, especially. But I do think that Carolina's situation isn't the perfect one right now. Offensive line has some pieces. As a unit, it's not incredible. They have some weapons. As a unit, there's no top wide receiver. There's no elite target there yet. Uh, Terrace Marshall's been pretty pedestrian. Adam Thielen's good, but declining. DJ Chark coming off of a down year in Detroit. Uh, he's had good years in the past, but again, what's he going to, you know, what's he going to be in Carolina? And then Jonathan Mingo, there's some promise there. I just don't think he's a polished enough receiver that he's going to contribute in a massive way right out of the game. But maybe there's some bias there because I want the Bears pick through Carolina to be as high as possible. I acknowledge that could completely be the case on why I'm a bit lower on the Panthers. But uh, I think with Bryce Young, man, there's – I think he's going to be solid right out of the gate. But, again, you can only do so much with the situation that you're in right now. Uh, And when you're as short and not necessarily stocky, like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are more, much more built for sub six foot quarterbacks than Bryce Young is, and so there's I feel like there's a little bit more concern just because he's a skinnier guy. Is he going to be able to withstand all those hits? That physicality of the game. Uh, so time will tell on that. I think Bryce Young is eventually going to be a pretty good starter in the NFL, uh, but right away I do expect there to be some growing pains. Is Zach, you there? Yes, I am. Sorry. Oh, no worries. A few years back, when Darnell Mooney was our number two guy, that's when you saw him at his peak. And then when last year he was kind of forced to be our number one guy, he was struggling. Who do you see having the more explosive season between Claypool and Mooney this year? Obviously, we know DJ Moore is going to be our number one guy, but as the number two. Yeah, so I think that I, I think Mooney's going to step into the number two role. I just believe that his previous chemistry with Justin Fields, uh, you know, maybe a bit being a little bit of a better uh, separator. Well, not a little bit of a better separator. I think he's clearly Mooney's a better route runner than Claypool. Uh, so his ability to get open, I think that Fields trusts that, and he'll prove that he trusts that with 
the targets that he gets next year or this year. I mean, it's it's coming up, but you know what I mean. So that said, I expect I think Claypool's going to have more touchdowns than Mooney because I expect Claypool to be a heavy hand, him and Komet in the red zone. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Those are the two guys you're looking at as the leaders for uh, touchdowns for the Bears from a reception perspective. But I think that most of the heavy duty volume is going to go to Moore and Mooney. So it's just because of Moore's, you know, pure talent and the chemistry that he's already building and then the chemistry that Fields and Mooney have along with his ability to separate. So I think Claypool is definitely going to have a role in the offense and they might have some design touches, some screens, some end around, some jet sweeps. But I think more or less uh, from a high volume pass catching perspective, Mooney's going to be that wide receiver too. Let's see, Zach's on mute. I'll give him a sec here. Sorry about that. Oh, I, no, said, I appreciate you, and I'm looking forward to all your tweets, all your coverage, and keep doing what you do. I appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you for coming in. Thank you. All right, and that's going to do it. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks to everyone who listened live. Thanks to everyone who's listening over the Windy City Gridiron Podcast Network. When will I do this again? Sometime. I'll, I'll do another one uh, whenever I want to go on a walk. Uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. But until then, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to turn on tweet notifications so you don't miss a live stream like this one. And bear down.